Hi, uh, this is Taizu. I'm a state politics reporter with the Topeka Capital Journal. Um, and today we have with me here a very special guest. Um, it's uh, former Governor Sam Brownback, but also currently just fresh off his ambassadorship for uh, international religious freedom for, for the U.S. Uh, Mr. Brownback, it's good to have you here. Hey, Titus, great to join you. Good awesome. to be here and in the uh, new offices for the Capitol Journal. I had never been here before, so it's good to see these, too. We're glad you, to welcome you here. Um, I guess just to start off, you know, you know, it's, it's been a while since, you know, Kansas have heard your name, you know, and, you know, they, they're probably maybe vaguely aware of this kind of position that you're in. But a lot of people, you know, when they, when they hear this, there's a bunch of positions, you know, both in the national administration and elsewhere. Um, what exactly is this ambassadorship? Could you explain more to, to readers what, what it is? Yeah, it uh, pushes for religious freedom around the world. Uh, it was a position created over 20 years ago by the Congress. Uh, the, and I was in the Congress at the time. I helped create the position. Uh, and it was it was meant to have a strong advocacy within uh, State Department for religious freedom as a topic. And prior to that, administrations were kind of, they'd stay away from religious freedom because they thought it's separation of church and state. We don't want to get in this area. Uh, and many of us in Congress were meeting, seeing people that were often persecuted just for their faith. Uh, and they were peaceful people, but they were persecuted. And we said, well, we ought to be more active in this. And this is part of the DNA of the United States is religious freedom. So we've got the bill passed, signed into law. The position was created. I'm the fifth person to hold this uh, spot. But Trump administration really elevated the topic a lot more mm -hmm. and then really started pushing on it as a human right uh, much more consistently and aggressively because it had – it, it had fallen as a human right. It had, there's 80% of the world's population lives in a religious persecution environment. So we really started picking it up and saying, what can we do? And, and that was my job was mm. to push that forward. I see. When, when, you, when you were, you know, when you, when you got the news that you were going to be, you know, selected for this position, uh, I guess, what, what was your reaction? I was excited about it. It, uh, uh, it was something that the topic I believe in. I've worked on the topic uh, for years. I helped pass the original bill. Uh, and it was one that I, there was just a lot of problems going on. Religious freedom has been in decline in the world. You know, we, we thought the Human Rights Project was kind of always going to be an ascendancy in the world after um, the so-called end of history 20 years ago and everything. Well, that hasn't been true. Uh, and so I was... Uh, I was happy to be a, a part of it, and I felt a you know really strong calling to to do the work, and uh, and I'm delighted I did. It was a great mm -hmm. nearly three years in this position. I see. So, um, I guess you know in this role, you know, I know you're advocating for religious freedom, but I guess for our readers, you know, what does that advocacy actually like look like on the ground? Like, you know, what are you are you are you traveling around places? Are you are you you know? Speaking with leaders, like what, 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 did, what exactly, uh, I guess, did you do in that role? Yeah, it, it was uh, both of those and, and much more, working with a lot of advocacy groups uh, as well. Um, I traveled to the um, uh, uh, camps for the Rohingya uh, that were in Bangladesh after being pushed out of Burma because they're Muslims. Uh, I um, uh, advocated uh, for a number of Christians that were uh, in prison. Pastor Andrew Brunson that was in a Turkish jail for two years. I went to his trial. 
uh, worked with a number of Nigerians with the persecution that's taking their place there of uh, Muslims on Christians. Um, I uh, worked with governments. Uh, I was just on the phone oh, ten, a week ago uh, with the president of Uzbekistan and thanking them for opening up on religious freedom because they've made a big push to open up. Mm-hmm. And I've talked with the president of Sudan about their openings on religious freedom. And then we'd advocate a lot of times for people that were in jail uh, around the world. Eritrea has recently released over 200 uh, religious prisoners, and we were pushing them constantly. We formed an alliance of 32 nations now to advocate for religious freedom, International Religious Freedom or Belief Alliance. Uh, we did ministerials where we invite foreign ministers together around from around the world to topic to focus on the topic of religious freedom. And we have had now three of those, and the fourth one's coming up in Brazil uh, this year. Uh, and then I worked with a lot of advocacy groups. Every Tuesday, I would co-host a uh, religious freedom roundtable that would have usually between 120 and 140 people, uh, mostly representing different advocacy groups interested in the topic of religious freedom. And and there you're just talking with them. Uh, we had a China coalition within that group, and these were uh, Buddhist and Christians uh, and Muslim Uyghurs and Falun Gong members coming together, uh, pushing all together against the Chinese Communist Party to open up for religious freedom and work with them uh, as a group and what we could do to put the messaging forward. And we got last full day in office, uh, Secretary Pompeo designated China uh, as committing genocide. Uh, against the Uyghur population, which is a huge charge for us to put forward. Uh, but I, would, I worked, uh, worked on that issue for several years to mm-hmm. get it on, on through. But that's a, that's a big statement for a country like the right. United States right. to make. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, of all these experiences you had, what was maybe your, your favorite experience? In this job? Yeah. My favorite experience? Uh, or maybe the one you were most proud of. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it was a great work, uh, and I really loved um, the uh, the work. It may be uh, the morning after I went to um, the Rohingya refugee camp in Bangladesh, and I, I, I was in Cox Bazaar, Bangladesh, and getting up the next morning, and, or going to, uh, going, excuse me, to the hotel room that night, and just thinking, wow. I get to help these people out that are that are incredibly persecuted, so many of them getting killed, uh, and I get to go here on the other side of the world and advocate and push for them, and hopefully something better is going to happen for them. I mean, what a what an honor right. to be able to work and help people like that. I got to know Andrew Brunson well, who spent, as I mentioned, two years in a Turkish prison, and um, advocate for him. And, and eventually the president got him out. And, the, and this was one that President Trump was directly involved in. It was because of his work he got out of jail. Um, and, you know, when you're around people like that, that you get out of jail that are peacefully practicing your faith, you just really – this is a good day uh-huh. when you get something like that uh, that done. And I was in Taiwan in uh, – um, we did a religious freedom summit there of, of uh, South Asians, uh, and, it, and the thought really hit me there that 
that I'm one of the answers to all these people's prayers around the world that are being persecuted. I mean, they're, they're praying up a storm to, Lord, help us. Uh, and I get to be hands and feet mm-hmm. here to, to advocate and help for them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what, a, what an honor, what a privilege to do that. Mm-hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong, but from the way I'm understanding it, you know, you're, you're, this, this role, you, you, you're kind of like, yes, you're advocating, but you're also advocating with kind of the backing of kind of the U.S. in a sense. Yes. And, that, and, you, and, and obviously, you know, when, when America steps in, I'm assuming, you know, especially in other places, they kind of pay attention a bit more. Is, is that exactly kind of? That's absolutely it. And then when they see that the Secretary of State is also behind this effort and the Vice President's behind it and the President supports it, they pay attention even more. Right. Because if, you know, that we, the United States has lots of interest uh, everywhere. Uh, but when we raise and we prioritize and say, no, we're very interested in human rights and we think this is a foundational one uh, that you've got to get right if you're going to if you're going to, if the others are going to flourish, the other human rights are going to flourish, you've got to get these basic ones right. It's like blocking and tackling in football. You've got to do the basics right. And this is a foundational one. And then yet at the same time, we're seeing all these governments manipulate uh, religious groups. We're seeing religious nationalism like in India now where you've got this Hindu nationalism that's coming up and persecuting Christians and Muslims. And you're, you're seeing the war between Islam and Christianity in Nigeria where you've got the Islamic radicals uh, killing uh, Christians there. So you're, you're seeing variation. And then China is just at war with faith of all faiths because communists just have trouble with faith. They, they, it, it's an officially atheistic of philosophy, and they just have trouble with people of faith. Mm-hmm. So you, you see it in various types and iterations, but you see it, you know, really over much of the world. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Um, I, I guess, you know, what are some of the, you know, I, I guess concrete ways you which you feel that kind of the, the office of uh, international religious freedom has, you know, benefited under your leadership? Well, I... I don't know if it's so much my leadership as it is the Trump administration really made it a high priority topic, and nobody had ever made it this high of a priority, and that uh, that really benefited the movement. As you as you said earlier, when the United States really gets behind something, the rest of the world starts looking and paying attention to it. And we re- when we really went after China first on trade, then on security and human rights issues. The rest of the world's watching. You got two elephants fighting here, uh, and th- this has been a key part of the Trump administration doctrine on uh, fighting with China, confronting China, and the, the Chinese have been doing these sorts of horrific things for decades. Right. But we just we kind of blithely ignore it, or we, most of us thought, well, China will grow out of it over time, and they'll eventually kind of come into an open type of democracy. And then Xi Jinping comes in, and he gets worse. So you're going, okay, this, we're going to stop doing that. We are going to confront China, and did. And Secretary of State Mike Pompeo did a fabulous job. The president did a fabulous job. He was the first president in decades willing to confront China. And this was one of the key topics we confronted them on was their religious persecution of all faiths, Tibetan Buddhists, Muslim Uyghurs, 
house church Christians, Falun Gong, and then most recently really just Hong Kong and, and really starting to strangle the liberties in Hong Kong. Mm. You know, I want to ask next about the kind of the challenges of, uh, you know, the, the biggest challenges that you face in, 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 in this job. Would you say China, China was probably the, the biggest obstacle or was there? Uh, you know, they were probably the biggest obstacle, the biggest opportunity uh, were the changes taking place in the Muslim leadership world. The, the, most of the Muslim countries have been pushing towards this, this singular faith, this monochromatic, everybody has to be a Sunni Muslim like we are, or in Iran and their satellite countries, a Shia Muslim and w- like we are. But now you're seeing, uh, particularly in some of the leading countries, UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, this opening up to other faiths and saying, now if we're going to grow as a country, we've got to be opening to other uh, faiths and, and uh, religions. And that's been phenomenal. UAE, United Arab Emirates, hosted uh, the Pope, Pope Francis, for the first time for a meeting uh, and an outdoor presentation ever to happen in the history of mankind in, in the Arabian Peninsula. A papal visit had never happened in the Arabian Peninsula before, ever. It's, it's really amazing uh, that they did, and they're moving towards equal citizenship which in a number of Islamic countries, they're kind of, no, if you're not a, a Muslim like we are, then you don't have this set of rights. And a number of them are, no, we need to push more for equal rights. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not everywhere, and there's a lot of persecution that still happens. But a number of the lead countries are moving a different direction, and this is really something that uh, we were trying to encourage and promote and help as much as we could. Plus, to change their textbooks. A lot of times in their textbooks, they will they will paint anybody of a minority faith, particularly Jews and Christians, as lesser, bad, evil, and we would we'd really go at their textbooks saying, "You got you guys got to stop this stuff." Mm-hmm. So I, I guess, what would you say was your maybe your, your your biggest success? Was it you know, getting the U.S. to you know, to uh to to to, to label China as um, I guess genocide or was as coming genocide or was it something else? No, and I I'm gonna lay that one right at Mike Pom- Mike Pompeo Mike Pompeo, uh, and people working with him got that done right at the very end. And he did it. Uh, I've been pushing for it and long, advocating for a long time, but he got it done and he did it. And it's great that he did. I'd say for me the two best successes were the creation of the alliance of nations around the topic of religious freedom because there had never been one on the religious freedom topic. Uh, and so this international religious freedom or belief alliance of 32 nations was the – uh, was key because now it's not just the U.S. primarily pushing on it and some other countries maybe once in a while join us. you got a network, an alliance of nations that know we're going to push this topic. And it's just you're much stronger with numbers uh-huh. uh, on this. And then the second one was the creation and the launch of the Abrahamic Faith Initiative. Uh, and this is where we got top theologians in Islam, Christianity, and Judaism together around the topic of our faith does not support the use of violence in promoting the faith. 
Uh, and if we could get the Abrahamic faiths to uh, lay down their weapons from shooting each other because you're a Muslim or you're a Christian or you're a Jew, this really helps promote uh, a different view and peace in the world. And then you saw the Abrahamic Accords, which the White House did this. Uh, this wasn't our office. But where they got uh, diplomatic agreements uh, stood up between Israel and UAE and Israel and Bahrain and Morocco and Sudan. That's, that's the stuff of Nobel Peace Prizes. Now, I mean, because uh, so many people, particularly the press, didn't like this administration, they didn't herald it like it would have been in other times. But that's, that really is a stunning achievement mm -hmm. to get that done. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you give a lot of credit to uh, uh, Mr. Trump for, you know, making this a key focus. Do you fear that or do you feel that, you know, this office in, in this new administration will have less of a focus on that? Or do you, I guess, what's the, f the future of this office? In your yeah, opinion? we'll see. They will appoint somebody. It's a congressionally created position. So it's a statutory uh, position. That's not going away. They're not going to. And it's a bipartisan topic. I hosted Nancy Pelosi uh, speaking at our ministerials. She did a great job, worked with her a lot on uh, China, particularly on Tibetan issues and on the Catholic Church issues in China because the Chinese uh, government wants to have a say in the appointment of bishops, Catholic bishops, which is ridiculous. Uh, but they're claiming, and the Catholic Church uh, let, them, let them take some of that ground. The Chinese Communist Party is claiming that uh, they get to point the next Dalai Lama. And I, I mean, to me, I almost laugh about it because I was saying, now what, not, not even under the, the emperors did the Chinese claim the right to appoint uh, the Dalai Lama. Mm -hmm. they, but now you got Xi Jinping's government saying, no, we, we appoint the next Dalai Lama. And I went to Dharamsala, India, and gave a speech there to the Tibet, because that's where the Tibetans in exile are headquartered, uh, saying that right belongs to the Tibetan Buddhist and their system, which they have successfully done this for a long period of time. It does not belong to the Chinese government. And I was there making that point on behalf of the United States and also trying to gather world support for that point because we don't want to see them, we don't want to see the Chinese government try to take that authority. Um, depending on what, how the Dalai Lama is. And I met with the Dalai Lama and was making this point, uh, and obviously they, they support it as well. I see, I see. But in short, you feel that the office will be fine and, you know. Yeah, I think, well, I don't know. We'll see what they decide to do. Uh -huh. uh, I just, it's doubtful they would make it near the priority that this past administration did. I hope they do. Uh, but... Um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. And, and there are a number of groups going to keep pushing for religious freedom around the world. So it's the topic's not going to die. There's a lot of advocacy groups, and there's a lot of religious people. Most of the world's people claim a faith. I mean, they, they, it's, again, in that 80%-plus category uh, of people in the world that identify, self-identify with a faith. And that you still have 80% of the people are under some sort of religious restrictions or persecution. So there's a large community in the world that feels strongly about this basic human right that's in the UN 
Charter of Human Rights in 1948, that's in our founding documents, that's in uh, well identified as mm. a key human right. Mm. So I, I think this movement will keep growing, mm. uh, regardless kind of how it's treated. Okay. In some, I, I shouldn't say regardless. Um, it, I, I think it's going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, this past year, probably one of the biggest topics is you know, the pandemic, which is still still going on and everything. Um, I'm curious, you know, just briefly, how did the pandemic, you know, change your job? You know, dramatically. Uh, it went from I had never done a Zoom meeting prior to the pandemic to I do Zoom meetings all the time. <laughs> Uh, diplomacy was always a person-to-person matter because it's it's kind of a weird field diplomacy is because it's personal but it, you're representing a nation so there's a lot of uh, relational need within it that's harder to do uh, over zoom than it is in person mm-hmm. communications a lot of communications is body language and how you sense that person and you don't get as much of that in a zoom call but i i just it went it went to mostly almost all of my meetings went uh to the telephone and zoom after the pandemic and and we adjusted and things still moved forward quite well i was very pleased with it we got a lot of people out of prison uh that were religious prisoners during the pandemic just really under the point that, look, you leave them in jail, these people likely will catch uh, the coronavirus and a good portion of them could well die. Do you want that on your hands? And, and we got we got over 2,000 religious prisoners, uh, near around 2,000 let free this last year from a number of different countries. Okay. And that was a high watermark for us. Norm, in a normal year, if we'd get 10, 15 people let free, uh, that was doing pretty good, but we got over 2,000 out. Okay. Um. So I, I, I know per, personally that you, know, you, you, you personally yourself are a religious person. Um, would you say this position has made you, I guess, I guess, help you find more direction in your own personal religious journey? Uh, yes. I, but it's also it's, it, it's kind of embarrassed me some too, in that I. Uh, look and I watch the faith of some of these people that have sat in jail for 10, 15 years uh, and for their faith. Uh, and in some cases, if they just renounce their faith, they can get out. Wouldn't do it. I, I uh, Or some of these people in Muslim countries that uh, saw Jesus. Uh, and I would, there'd be a number of them that I would interview or meet with that have been persecuted and I, I would talk at the end of the meeting and say, well, uh, tell me your faith story. And they, these were people, I, I saw the man in white. He was in my room at night. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Follow me. And it was just like Paul on the road to Damascus. I mean, you, all you had to do was take Paul's name out and put in this guy's name. And the, I, Wow. I, that ha- I mean, and these are guys then you can say, well, really? I mean, uh, did he make it up? And then they go back to their home country and get locked up for doing it. And their family starts beating on them. And they get death threats. You, know, you, you don't just do that lightly. Um, a guy in Nepal, his daughter was telling me, they were the head of the Christian movement there, of 
he was in a car wreck uh, going up a mountain, and the car went down the mountain. The guy with him died in the car wreck, and he survives, crawls back up the mountain to a way station to get help. And he sees Jesus there. Jesus tells him, I saved you. Now you follow me. Well, I mean, what do you do with that? Uh, and uh, so they converts, and they're just you know on fire, just like Paul. But then the same things happen to them that happened to Paul. What happened to Paul afterwards? Yeah. Well, he got beat on. He got thrown in jail. He got tried. He got shipwrecked. I mean, all these things. It happens to them. And uh, so to to meet them, you're just really astounded at the beauty of their faith. And uh, as I say, a bit embarrassed at mine not being as strong. I see. Would you say kind of encourage you to be more stronger in your own faith? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you meet somebody like that, I mean, imagine if you were talking to Paul. What would that do to you? And he tells you, this is what happened to me on the road to Damascus. Right. And you're kind of going, I, what, what, what do I do with that? You know, you go, either this is way out there or this happened. So, you know, it, it, was, it was a beautiful encouragement to my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you know under, under you know, the Trump administration, you know, a lot of focus on, you know, kind of religious freedom and advocating for that. Um, you know, there's some out there who, you know, who might not see, you know, um, you know, Donald Trump as a particularly religious person and everything. You know, I'm just curious what your thoughts on kind of, kind of the norms that he has breached and in terms of kind of what he said. And I guess kind of respond to how you know people who, want, who might not take, you know, maybe your efforts seriously because they say, well, it's because it's under President Trump, and I don't really see Trump as religious or uh, acting that religiously. How would you respond to that? Well, I, I'm not going to comment on the president. I'm a, a, a diplomat, and I was appointed uh, by uh, uh, by this president. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, and I'm just I'm not okay. I'm not going to comment on his his style. Okay. Um, you know, be, beyond just Trump, this is outside Trump. But you know, right now, you know, in, in our current state of nation, you know, um, it's you know it's very partisan, you know, and you know, arguably you could say there's a lot of hate on both sides or a lot of anger on both sides and everything. Um, do you see, uh, you know, from from your experience, do you see religion as a way to kind of maybe heal that divide? I do. I, and I wouldn't say religion is, I'd say, faith. Uh, and re- religion is a very powerful force in the world, arguably uh, one of the most powerful. It, it can be manipulated by people and is often. Uh, faith, just a person's interior faith, I think, is just a, a, you know, a much purer uh, issue. And I, I think it. I think it should be used uh, for good and for peace. I was working in the Balkans uh, a, a lot to just, and there is where religion has been used to divide people and cause numerous wars. And we started these forums and working there of getting the religious leaders from the various communities together to talk about the use of their faith for peace. That's where. That's the more natural terrain for religion. But it gets manipulated and it gets people stirred up at times and people can, can do that. So I, I just – I think it's a very powerful force and, but it needs to be moved and used 
for good and not for ill. I'd work with a lot of people on a bipartisan basis. I uh, uh, worked with Nancy Pelosi, as I mentioned. Uh, she spoke at the ministerial. I worked with her on the Tibetan uh, Buddhist issue. I worked with her on the Catholic um, shenanigans that the Chinese were pulling on the uh, appointment of bishops. Um, I worked with Representative Omar uh, on some Islamic uh, issues. That This topic, I think, is really important to maintain bipartisan support on. Uh, and we, we worked hard at that and did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the current state nation has become maybe too partisan? You know, just too much bickering and not enough... Call. Yeah, I do. Uh, and there's, there's, there's space and there's, there's need for partisanship because we do have differences. But we don't have to make everything a difference. I see. Uh, we can make some things work together. The, uh-huh. the, when I was in the Congress and the Senate, my best bills were things that I did across the aisle. I did the original human trafficking bill with Paul Wellstone, who was killed in a plane crash, but was a very liberal Democrat senator from Minnesota at the time. And we both came at this topic on human trafficking and, and got the first human trafficking bill through. I did a pro-life Down syndrome bill with Ted Kennedy. Um, and I just found we did the original, I did the original um, African-American Museum of History uh, and Culture in D.C. with John Lewis. Um, and it, I just, the, the biggest things I got done were done bipartisan, and they were on topics that didn't have partisan value. Mm-hmm. Not every topic needs to be a partisan division, but there are some we're divided on. We're divided on the life issue. We are. Uh, but you don't need to be divided on human trafficking. We don't need to be divided uh, on an African-American museum. Um, you know, and I, I, I think we... We've taken it to where everything is division instead of saying, no, 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 no. We got, we got this 20% of topics that mm-hmm. are really okay. divided. And the other 80%, let's, let's see where we can work together on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you mentioned a lot of, kind of the bipartisan work you did you know, when you were in Congress and everything. Um, when, when you were governor, um, you know, some argued that you, know, you kind of led a movement against you know, Republican moderates and that you, know, you, you pulled, I guess, the state you know, more conservative, more, 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 I guess, divided, some, some would say. Um, I'm wondering, do you know, do you, do, what, what did you think of, I guess, when you were governor, you know, do you, I guess, maybe kind of um, regret that push against, you know, Kansas moderates, or do you think, you know? Yeah, no, uh, what, I, what I did was I ran on a, uh, an agenda, I ran on an agenda that we should we needed to grow the Kansas economy because this we're losing way too many of our children. And we were, and we are. And I had a policy agenda. I said we need to cut the taxes here in this state. We're way too close to Texas to be high tax a high tax state because we're just going to lose people to Texas and do. Um, you know, I I ran on an agenda we needed welfare reform that our welfare system at the time was hurting people, not helping them. And we made those changes. I ran on an agenda that um, we needed to do more in wind energy and water. Now there I didn't get as much pushback on a partisan level. I said we needed to do more on technical education and I got bipartisan and the moderate support uh, there as well. Mm -hmm. 
So it wasn't across the board. We reformed the, the pension system in the state. It was next to last in, can, in the country on underfunded. Uh-huh. Uh, and now it's middle of the pack and doing really quite well. Uh, so, I mean, there was, there was a number of topics, but I ran on things I really thought the state needed to do to, to grow and to improve and to be a place that would bring our children and grandchildren home. I see. So, so you're arguing, you, you didn't necessarily make Kansas more partisan. You, you, you were just basically carrying out the platform you ran on. And what That's you what I was doing. And if people were willing to join me, God bless them. I was happy to uh, work with them. If they were going to fight with me on it, okay. I mean, that's your choice. Uh, but here's what we're going to try to get done. And we got, we got much of it done. Uh, and, um, and, that's, and that's what I really – that's what I ran on doing was uh-huh. this, these things. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, a lot of, you know, religious people, you know, when, he, when they see partisanship, they don't see that as particularly religious because there's a lot of, you know yeah. – infighting and everything um and they, and maybe they saw that you know we, we, we kind of saw some of the consequences of that kind of partisanship where you know for uh you know earlier this month you know there were, there were some you know i guess breaching the capital and everything i'm curious you know after those events you know what what, what do you think is kind of the future at least for now the future for for the for gop oh i think it's good uh actually i think it's quite bright you know we we uh we had an overall uh, policy agenda-wise. We had a good election cycle, not the presidency, but House. Uh, we gained House seats. Uh, if it hadn't been for those two Senate Georgia uh, seats, we would have done. Uh, we'd have still been in control in the Senate. We gained seats in state legislatures. So policy-wise, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I do think we need to. Um, I, th- I think we need agendas in environmental issues. I think we need a conservative pro-environment agenda. I think we need a conservative racial reconciliation agenda. And I'm pitching those sorts of ideas to people uh, people now. I think uh, I think we need to broaden the agenda mm-hmm. uh, aperture. And um, but I, you know, the, the the beauty about the competitive system is that it. Okay, you 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 run in the race and you get beat on one. You say, okay, I don't want to get beat next time. How am I going to get better? Mm-hmm. And that's the the beauty of the competitiveness of it. Is everybody's always kind of trying to how do how do I get better for more people so that I can we can move forward. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. I think you, you know you no know, for those people who kind of you know that, that, that breached the capital that day. You know a lot of them were kind of you know in these kind of bubbles and spheres. Um, Believing whatever they wanted to believe, and um, and you know they, they felt compelled to you know use physical destruction to you know to to to, to achieve what they thought was was right. Um, do you think you know perhaps maybe religion could also perhaps play a role and maybe bring some of these people who you know who feel compelled to do that out of kind of you know any kind of physical destruction or, or violence and more into? Yeah, I do, I do. You know the. Um, I mentioned John Lewis here, and I'd worked with John quite a bit. I went twice uh, on um, his civil, civil rights pilgrimage to Selma, uh, and there we we would talk about what they did prior to Selma, and uh, and we would hear from the pastors that were talking with them, the marchers, uh, and they 
before they would do those marches in Selma, they were in those churches praying and saying, okay, this is nonviolent. We're not going to use violence uh, in this. When they ran a, walked across that Edmund Pettus Bridge, John Lewis would say, I didn't know what was going to happen, but we were linked arms. We weren't going to fight back. This was a nonviolent movement. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. himself was a dynamic minister, uh -huh. preacher. Um, I that that really uh, was a profoundly a profound moment for the United States, an important one uh, on how they carried forward their uh, their efforts. And I'm not saying anything bad or wrong against the current ones, other than I think that all should renounce the use of violence mm -hmm. in right. these uh, these efforts, and that that's not the way you you change a country and. and I think you really, these nonviolent movements that Martin Luther King uh, Jr. and John Lewis headed, that's, that's the, I think, the, really the successful model mm -hmm. in moving the topics forward. Mm -hmm. Not exclusively. Right, but. right. Uh, a question my mother wanted me to ask. Um, you, know, you, know, you know, Trump administration has made a lot of you know, headlines and everything. Um, I, I, I'm wondering, how is it like working in, in the Trump administration? Were you able to kind of maybe... You know, separate yourself from all you know the headline making and everything, or were you you know distracted by that, or how, how was it like? You know, I I was in an issue area and I carried the issue area, uh, and it you know it's in that sense you you've got your your lane and you work it, uh, and so that's that's what I really stuck to uh, the last three years, and we had a we had a really good run on it. Mm -hmm. Another question I really want me to ask. Um, you know, you, uh, you know, your wife, you know, is a member of the Stauffer family, and you know, they've, you know, had a kind of media empire in Kansas, including owning our, our paper previously. Um, I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on, you know, kind of this more of a, I guess, of a call, more more statements, I guess, being made about, you know, kind of attacking the media or fake news or that kind of thing. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that are. Oh, I, uh, I'm gonna, not, not gonna answer that. No, no worries. No, no, um, no worries, no worries. Um, okay. I guess, you know, two more questions. Yeah. You know, a few more questions. Um, in, ter in terms of, uh, you know, religious freedom, you know, what, what would you like to think, or what would you like to see the Biden administration do in terms of you know, not just your office, but just on the topic of religious freedom in general? I, I hope they continue the push for it. Uh, I hope they um, uh, continue pushing for it as a fundamental human right. Um, I hope they appoint somebody uh, in this position that I was in soon uh, to uh, uh, carry on. I hope they give them a, uh, a good portfolio. In other words, a lot of running room uh, to carry the topic on forward. Um, I, I, uh, and I hope they give them the backing from the administration. Joe Biden supported the original religious freedom uh, bill that created this, uh, this spot. He's been supportive of the topic in the past, so my hope is that they would continue and, and support it strongly around mm -hmm. the world. Okay. And uh, last question. Um, you, know, you, 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 know, you, just, you just got off this job. Um, are you thinking about what your, kind of your, your, your next steps are? You know, do you have any plans, you know? Near term or long term? Uh, uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uh, thinking a lot about it. Talking with a number of different people and groups. Um, 
we want to, uh, you know, push forward, uh, continuing pushing forward on um, uh, the international religious freedom space. I've been talking with a number of groups about that. Uh, the level of persecution is still very high in the mm -hmm. world, and um, and I've been given a chance to uh, have a position in that and some stature uh, with that. So I hope to continue to push that and, and other topics as uh, as well. As I mentioned, the, the racial reconciliation area has been a strong interest yeah. of mine for a long period of time. I carried the original um, apology to Native Americans that got through the Congress, was signed into law by President Obama, and it's, it's my hope to really continue to push uh, in those fields from a from a conservative policymaker perspective but I, I think this is these are important topics to engage I think the environment uh, topic is an important one that that Kansas has a unique spot to be able to help particularly with our capacity on wind energy and now the 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 robust building of the wind energy platform in the state that's taking place we're supplying a lot of electricity throughout the Southwest power pool, and I think we can supply a lot of it beyond. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I think these are, these are amongst you know some other uh, other topics that I hope to continue to work in. I think so. In terms of pushing these issues, are you are you saying you're, you're planning on staying in the political sphere? I'm assuming. And well, staying in the public sphere. Public sphere. Uh, for certain, at least you know on a on a near term basis, uh, where I try to do things that would would effectively help move the policy agenda uh, forward. I see. Um, what, I mean, obviously, but I just have to ask, is, would that include maybe perhaps running for some public office? I'm not commenting on <laughs> right, anything no uh, like that. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, yeah, that's all the questions I have. All Thank right. you. Thank you so much. Oh, you bet, Titus. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You bet.